It's the last time in the bye week before we get UCLA Wazoo, so let's get to pondering as the Bruins season ticks on in 2023. Does Chip Kelly, Dante Moore, and company have a chance still at the Pac-12 title game? You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this show your first listen each and every day. And thanks for tuning in, downloading, becoming every dayer. It's free wherever you get your podcast, audio, video, YouTube, whatever it may be. Subscribe and thanks for your support. If you're an every dayer, you've been grinding every day of the bye week alongside with me as we discuss what needs to improve. And now, today, what we think about. What does UCLA need to do? Can they even do it when it comes to potentially reaching the Pac-12 championship game? UCLA sits there 0-1, fresh off their Pac-12 opening loss to Utah, and are looking for a way to weasel their way into the Pac-12 championship despite a semi-difficult schedule the rest of the way. That doesn't mean the rest of the conference doesn't have an equally as tough, if not tougher road. But can UCLA do it with a subpar offensive line to this point, a freshman quarterback, and a better defense, but maybe not a defense that's been tested like it'll be when they play Washington State. All that and more on the line today. What I wanted to look at was UCLA's upcoming schedule. Before we dive in more about the offense, which I've already talked about, the defense, which we've seen vast improvements from year to year, or even the Chip Kelly tenure from the beginning to now, we've seen a vast improvement to what the Bruins have been able to put on the field in 2023. So if you look at the Pac-12 standings, you've got a total of six unbeatens and six winless teams. So you got SC, who's 2-0. and You've got Oregon, Utah, Washington, Wazoo, and Arizona, who are all 1-0. Colorado, Oregon State, UCLA, all 0-1. Those are the three winless teams, I think, that are semi-unique in the contending status, right? You've got a ranked top 20 Oregon State team. You've got the hype machine that is Colorado. And then you've got UCLA, who sits there as a dark horse unknown in a different light from what Colorado is. Even though Arizona's want to know, I'm not sure where they sit going into Pac-12 play, considering they got to play some big dogs down the line. So I've, con- con- I've concocted of sorts a list of eight teams that could theoretically, of sorts, maybe make it to the Pac-12 championship game. And that's from either as much as the hype machine that is Colorado to teams that are already unbeaten and have big wins in non-conference or in-conference play. So there's eight teams I've listed here that can either represent a big, tough game down the line or have an outside shot all the way down to Colorado to make the Pac-12 title game. You've got... USC and Oregon and Utah, those are teams who, along with Washington, might have the inside track of sorts. But I decided, wait, who do these teams play in Pac-12, right? You've got USC. They've still got five tough Pac-12 games remaining, and including that Notre Dame trip they've got to take in a few weeks. they got to play at Colorado coming up. Utah, Washington at home, at Oregon, and then they get UCLA at home. And regardless of what we think of UCLA beating SC potentially at the Coliseum. That game is still always a tough game to play regardless. So that's five tough conference games still left for USC. Oregon, they sit there with five tough conference games left. They got to play at Washington, at Utah, 
Wazoo at home, USC at home, and then Oregon State at home. That's five very tough games, including rivalry. You've got the Big Ten rivalry with Washington coming up. Even though Oregon looked absolutely fantastic dominating Colorado, they've got five tough games. Utah, which has so far survived every test so far, Florida at Baylor, UCLA, they've got another five tests between Oregon State on the road, USC on the road, Washington on the road, Oregon and Colorado. You're getting the theme here, right? So between USC, Oregon, Utah, Washington, who they got the Oregons, they've got those same five teams ahead of them or behind them, five tough games. For the one-loss teams like Oregon State, UCLA, Colorado, they've gone through the bulk of their tough games, one might think. Oregon State's got five. They've got Utah, UCLA, Colorado. That's at Colorado, too. Colorado and then Washington and Oregon. Colorado's got five tough games. Every game for them will be a tough game if they can't block for Sanders. While UCLA, of the teams in this Pac-12 gauntlet of sorts this year, while we would have loved them to beat Utah, that game's out of the way. You can't do anything about it. A missed opportunity. Because UCLA, in my mind, I've circled four games. Now, that doesn't mean Arizona State won't be a tougher game. Arizona on the road will be a tough game. But there's four games, I think, that can be very, very tough going forward for UCLA. And the Arizona game will be an important game down the line on the road. I just think UCLA playing Washington State at home, at Oregon State, you've got at USC, obviously, at the end of the season or near the end of the season, and then Colorado at home. I'm not sure what Colorado will look like at that point. I'm not sure what Travis Hunter's health is even going into the USC game. But for most, for all intents and purposes, they will have maybe a mostly healthy lineup and everything there. So in my mind, UCLA has a schedule that somewhat breaks for them. We talked about it already coming to the season about their schedule. And what looked to be an easier schedule than most in the Pac-12, well, that wasn't the case with the improvements of every team and almost three-fourths of the Pac-12 close to it in its final season being ranked in the top 25. We can see how crazy it was with then UCLA Colorado jumping in and out. You'll see other teams jump in and out based on the results of the weekend and throughout this season. You could arguably see a two-loss team like Utah previously make it to the Pac-12 championship game. So that's why even if UCLA, and there are four tough games, if they can lose one down the stretch, only one in these next few tough games, or maybe they get lo- lose one in a random game down the line between Stanford, Cal, and the Arizona schools, UCLA, I think, could still make the Pac-12 championship game as a two-loss team. I think it's asking a lot for UCLA to, one, run the table, go undefeated, when you still got to prove you can stop Wazoo, go on the road, beat Oregon State, handle all the other games between Cal, Stanford, Arizona, Arizona State, and in addition, the Colorado home game just before Halloween, and then to end the road schedule this season at USC is the biggest test of them all for UCLA in the Coliseum here in 2023. That's remaining in this season. They won't pose that defensive threat as Utah did, but they'll pose a threat for many other other reasons. Is it realistic, though? Is it realistic that the Bruins go unbeaten, only lose one game the rest of the way? That's a tough, tall, tall order to ask for this UCLA team with the offensive line, the way it's playing, the way Dante Moore's still a youngster, and the defense has to be tested. And we'll have a lot of questions answered when they play Washington State. 
Both teams coming off a bye. The Bruins all-time are 2-4 and four under Chip Kelly after coming off a bye of sorts, right, or coming out of byes. What does UCLA look like when they play Washington State at home? A reason to improve upon themselves offensively. The defense is still looking to make a statement under Danton Lynn. And we'll talk about those good and bad numbers coming up in Locked On UCLA. I'm going to talk a little bit about the offense and what needs to improve if they are to make a significant run. But if you look at the rest of the Pac-12, who can knock each other off? Everybody is going to sustain a loss. I do not see a team in the Pac-12 going unbeaten into the conference championship game. That just does not seem likely to me for anybody. You can look at the top. You can look at the middle. From Oregon, SC, Utah, anybody. I just don't see it as a team who can make it to the Pac-12 championship game unbeaten. For Wazoo, they're a unique team because they only have four tough games remaining in their schedule at UCLA, at Oregon, and at UW. They could easily be one of those sneaky dark horse one-loss teams that makes it to the Pac-12 championship game if they knock off UCLA, which is why this trip to the Rose Bowl is so important for the Cougars when they play Oregon State at home, beat them. Can UCLA be up to the challenge and knock off one of the better quarterbacks this season in the country through the first four-plus games in Cam Ward with his dual-threat ability in company. I, I'm a little hesitant to say UCLA will make it. They've got a chance to go maybe with two losses in the Pac-12 championship game. They still can absolutely make it. It, it can happen one or two losses. There's so much chaos that can happen in this conference. What we've seen with just year in and year out, who wins and who loses at the wrong time during the season in Pac-12 football over the years, with the breaking up of this conference, whatever iteration it's going to look like in the future, I just think UCLA has a chance. They get the light and the load, but as I said before, coming into the Utah week, the three games that will define the season for the most part until the back end will be Utah, Oregon State, and Wazoo. If UCLA can beat those two then you've got some tie-breaking scenarios against those teams in addition to some big wins, some hype, and some momentum moving forward towards some of the quote-unquote easier games down the stretch, which will still be tough games to play. They just probably won't be teams competing for a Pac-12 title berth. And that's up to UCLA to win these next couple of games to still be in the conversation by the time the middle of October comes around. If they don't beat Wazoo, then uh, it's looking terrible if they beat Wazoo, struggle on the road against Oregon State, looking bad. you got to beat some of these teams to prove they're a really good football team record-wise. They look better on – they look decent, more than decent. They look pretty good on the field. Now can we see that in terms of wins and losses? All the teams have tough games. you just got to go win them at home, on the road, whatever it may be. It is still in play for UCLA. Not likely – but you have to have a good performance and a win against Washington State for us to even consider uh, UCLA to be a true contender this year in Pac-12 play. A loss against Washington State, the season's not over. You just can't look at the Pac-12 championship as the goal. Even though I said two losses can happen, that would just be a lot to be dealing with two unbeaten teams, both with a tiebreaker above you. That's a lot to happen. So we'll see how it goes for UCLA, Chip Kelly, Dante Moore, and company. What would need to improve for UCLA to make this? Well, the offense has got to improve. How? We'll talk about it coming up next on Locked on UCLA. You don't have to choose between better hair growth 
or your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to the Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's again, Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men, and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Cruising on second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach with you guys. Where does the offense for UCLA's team have to play a role in improving? We've discussed a lot of the offensive line, which is where we'll start for segment number two. If UCLA is to have any chance at making the Pac-12 title their goal within reach this season, it's got to be improved offensive line play, a little bit better play calling, and finding ways to continue their rushing offense's success. Their top 25 team running the football, when you look at rushing yards per game, about 200 yards rushing a game, even with the Utah game mixed in there because of what UCLA did to NC Central. The flip side of the coin is, well, what did UCLA do to NC Central, Coastal Carolina, San Diego State? That is not a top-tier, top one or two defense in the country that Utah brought to the table at home against the Bruins in Rice-Eccles Stadium. If UCLA looks closer to the team that rushed the football successfully in the first three weeks of the season, they run it more than they throw it, they take the ball, well, you don't want to say take it out of Dante Moore's hands, you don't want to force him third and long every single time, against tougher defenses, against the secondary, where an offensive line that hasn't proven itself this year to protect for long stretches within an individual play, you'd rather be able to run the football forward, go north and south, chew time off the clock, and dominate for UCLA. If they can run the football, there's some good potential there. So far, after UCLA's horrible third down performance, I believe three for 16 against Utah, the Bruins, when it comes to succeeding on third down, they're hovering around 39-40% in succeeding on third down. In previous years, the Bruins would be a lot better, closer to 50% succeeding on third down. That was with DTR, with a Chip Kelly offense that was clicking at all cylinders. Right now, their third down offense has to be better. I know a lot of those numbers are somewhat skewed by playing Utah and facing so many third downs and failing so many times, yet a good Chip Kelly team knows how to convert those situations, right? The third downs, the fourth downs, not even getting the fourth down, but making plays happen on the first three downs consistently. So UCLA around 39 to 40% success success rate when it comes to converting on third downs, that's got to improve. A lot of that is, can they get a third and short if you're running the football? If it's third and five, third and seven, and Dante's got to pass, Will it be like the Utah game where they brought the house and they've got to use max protection, limiting the amount of receivers that can go out for a route? Or can UCLA get enough protection, allow the back to come out of the backfield leaking out, use your tight end more successfully, just give Dante time to hit J. Michael down the sideline 
or whomever, right? Logan Loya, whoever is healthy going in to the Washington State game, because I know Kyle Ford took a hard fall against Utah in that game. We'll, we'll see if UCLA can be more successful passing down the field with their only 54% about completion rate. Can UCLA do that and give Dante Moore or whoever is rushing the football places the move across the offensive line, across the line of scrimmage? If the offense does not get better from what they showed against Utah, that's more of a sign of things to come, maybe not so exaggerated, but this isn't a dominant offensive team. This is not, this is not a team that's going to make it to the Pac-12 championship game, if that's even a remote hope at this point. The offense has to improve and not get stuck with a young quarterback in long passing situations consistently. Now, no team UCLA is going to play defensively is as good as Utah. Funny enough, or Arizona State is a sneaky, decent defense. UCLA will be facing them at home. If you look at Wazoo, they've got some improved guys in the secondary and maybe in the, the linebacking core, but I'm not sure they'll get rushed on just like Utah did with seven sacks. That's the thing going forward. Is this the Utah skewed stats or is this UCLA's offensive line's got to be improved? Because even more or Garbers, when those two were still splitting time, especially week one against Coastal Carolina, pressure was getting to both quarterbacks when the couple of interceptions were thrown, one by Garbers and one by Dante Moore. They had guys in their face who were getting hit, having to maneuver out of the pocket. Yeah, it's cool when you have a quarterback who can weave in and out of traffic, but if you have to do that every play, a broken down play every single time you throw the football and you're asking a youngster to make a big time play every throw on the move, rolling out on a play that's not designed to roll out because the pocket breaks down and the protection breaks down, you're not going to be successful. That's the key. You don't need to give up seven sacks to be the worst offensive line in the country. You just got to find a way with a lot of turnover, more than the more than about what 50% of the starting offensive linemen have moved on. You've got guys who are coming in still trying to weave in or find ways to carve out the roles for this team. It starts with the offensive line, more efficient passing for this team. And can they get down to what a Chip Kelly offense is meant to do? Run the football successfully over and over, do it rather quickly, and dominate when it comes to being physical up front. And when you've got the opportunity, big passing plays, even though Dante Moore isn't necessarily that dual threat quarterback that you would see in a Chip Kelly-like system like a Dorian Thompson Robin would, Robinson would be. Garbers doesn't fit that mold either. Schley is a unique threat, but he doesn't throw the ball as well as the other two do. But I still think UCLA needs to bring in Schley to mix things up with Dante Moore. I think that's a tandem that can work. Moore getting 95% of the snaps. Schley comes in for a series, a series and a play, and throws off the defense. We'll see if that wrinkle is added in moving forward. Because if not, this is going to be a longer season if the Bruins can't consistently score points. I know they can't have a full offensive line of seniors and NFL talent with a top-tier, arguably NFL talent in Charbonnet maybe in years to come, a very athletic fifth-year quarterback who knew the Chip Kelly offense in and out like Dorian Thompson-Robinson did, and some sneaky good receiving threats like they had in 23 and the transfer with Jake Bobo coming in. That's a little different into 23 after the 22 season. After all that's said and done, the offense has to be better when it comes to facing better defenses. Because the Bruins 
inflicted what they wanted against Utah a seasons ago. They did that against Washington. They were able to move and score points against the top teams or top teams in the country in the conference of the Pac-12 a year ago. It took missed opportunities in a couple of games that cost them a chance to get in the Pac-12 championship game in 22. This year, they got to be near perfect, and the offensive line and the team offensively has to do that moving forward. Otherwise, you're going to need your defense to bail you out. I don't think the defense can save this team all season long. As good as they've looked the first four weeks, that's tough to ask a defense to do it again and again. It's one thing if you're Utah. For UCLA, they're wanting to prove themselves this season. And I'm still not sure, I'm not sold overall, that the defense is so good that they're going to win UCLA every game down the stretch. They're good. They can be so dominant and force turnovers and give UCLA opportunities to win. But we're going to talk about why the defense is good. I'm just not sure if they can utterly dominate every team going forward. But we'll see if the numbers prove me wrong. Coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. They've got over 120 million plus parts for your number one ride or die, so you'll always find what you're looking for. With eBay guaranteed fit, your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Last segment of Locked On UCLA. Last segment of the bye week as we wait for UCLA football to have games every week for the rest of the 2023 season. And then we mix with basketball season. We get postseason for fall sports. All the fun stuff with the men's and women's teams having big expectations this year coming up pretty soon with the month of November a month away, right? We turn into October, but we can't wait till the end of October because then basketball season's here as well as some big-time UCLA football games. The key for UCLA I've been talking about was the offensive line improving and can the Bruins be successful on third down and third downs moving forward to win football games down the stretch. They got to put up points. I like the UCLA defense. They've done some good things. Here are some numbers for Danton Lynn's defense, though, for a team that I think can use their defense a lot to put them in good winning situations throughout the rest of the 23 season with some veteran guys up the middle on the D line, a secondary that's for the most part held up, but will be tested significantly against Cam Ward before a list of, some offensive wizards come into town or the Bruins go face them later on in the season. UCLA is a top 50 third down defense, a top 10 rushing defense so far. They are number seven in the country at sacks, tied for 14th with nine turnovers forced, a top 10 team, number nine in scoring defense. And when it comes to allowing first downs from their opponents, they are in the top 23, tied for 23rd in the country when not allowing opponents first downs. While the offense has been not so good at allowing sacks, the Bruins are in the hundreds of allowing sacks. The defense has 15 through four games and has been able to keep teams off the scoreboard, especially off the ground, 
a good rushing defense. And when you look at the passing, the passing efficiency defensive numbers, the Bruins are among the top, I believe, 30 teams on the NCAA national stat website at passing efficiency defense. A long word that says the Bruins are doing pretty good when it comes to opponents passing efficiency this season. So a much improved defense when you've got Latu leading things defensively. You had Kane Medrano play the game of his life against Utah. And Mwasao has been ex- really good even before Madrano's breakout game against the Utes in week four. The secondary has not broken, even though they had a couple of hiccups, I would say, against Coastal Carolina in week one. Nothing too dramatic against Utah, in my mind, that stood out, stood out to me in week four. And yet, can this defense hold up? If UCLA isn't winning time of possession, if they struggle to keep Dante more protected and get a running attack, and week in and week out, you look at the time of possession numbers, you'll see the opposition has had two hours and 20 minutes of time with the football. The Bruins have had maybe about an hour and a half of time with the football. While that might not necessarily really bug Chip Kelly, and that shouldn't maybe bug UCLA fans initially, if the Bruins put up a lot of points, that amount of time on the field during a game will add up throughout the season, which is why the wear and tear will eventually hit the Bruins at some point in 2023 defensively. I think if the Bruins can hold on to the football a little more during some games, score some more points, the defense is good enough to keep them in games this year, but it's not good enough to win games like Utah's defense has done for the Utes their first four weeks when going deep down the depth chart with their quarterback in almost every position, right? I don't think UCLA's defense is the Utah defense. I've seen comments. I've seen things. UCLA's defense is the number one defense in the Pac-12, is one of the better ones in the country. That is not true. They are not one of the best. They are not the best defense in the Pac-12. That is an absolute lie and a fallacy that we should stop right now. Are they much improved? And have they shown a lot of good things this year with numbers to back it up through the first four weeks? Teams that throw the ball, a good passing quarterback. You've got a rush, a team that exclusively rushed the football. San Diego State tried that. Against the big physical front like Utah, the Bruins didn't get bullied around. Well, you could argue about the playbook for Utah. They didn't get pushed around when they still knew what Utah was going to do. And now, how can they do it when they face a multitude of big-time quarterbacks like Ward, when they're going to face the likes of a physical front like Oregon State coming up if DJ doesn't cough up the football a couple of times? What are they going to look like when they face Colorado? Who knows what Colorado is going to look like later in the season? And can the Bruins actually take down Caleb Williams later on in the season in that near-mid-November battle at the Coliseum? I think during those games, the offense is going to have to step up, and the defense can do things. They've been much improved. They've coached up. They've made plays every single game. They made a play to keep UCLA in the game, held up against the Utes quite a few times to keep it a one-score game, two-score game, as long as they possibly could. I just don't think if the Bruins can't protect, again, it comes down, being able to protect the quarterback, run the football, and keep the defense off the field, right? Get them a longer rest win the time of possession battle one of these games these next few times, keep the opponent off the field, and then you can give the defense a much-needed rest in these games, keep them refreshed. And, oh, by the way, if they have to be so dominant in the fourth quarter every time, they will get beaten down, tired, and probably unable to perform later down the season 
where maybe they can try and win some of these games by wider margins and get these guys off the field and keep the wear and tear off their bodies. Now, I know the NC Central game was basically a little warm-up to the Utah game. Still, you want these guys not needing to be on the field 35, 40 minutes a game like some of these games have been tilted in the opponent's favor when it comes to time of possession. Still, the Bruins, keeping teams off the scoreboard, keeping them off the off the scoreboard with rushing the football, dominating and making sure the defensive front, the D-line, which is this team's strength, ensures that the team will not, the opposition will not run it down their throats. Still, there's much to be improved upon to become a Utah-level defense with multiple starters out to be proclaimed the best defense in the Pac-12, which would, I think, be an inaccurate statement. I definitely see that in the comments, and that is not true. Do not agree with any of those comments. But this is a much improved unit that should get much praise to the first four weeks. The biggest tests are to come to see if they're legitimate or these are just the first four week stats that we got happy about and we'll be lamenting them in weeks to come. If the defense can keep up this level of intensity or close to it down the stretch, UCLA is going to be in contention in every game. Every game that the defense plays like they did against Utah the first four weeks, making plays, forcing turnovers, nine turnovers, and they forced a turnover in every game so far, regardless of who they played. If they do that consistently, put pressure on the quarterback, make big plays, whether it's Madrado doing it for the rest of the year, or Latu breaks through the line and makes big plays, the Murphy, everybody who can step in and make big plays, then the Bruins will be in every game and have that shot to knock off everybody. That's a lot to ask. If you're not putting up points and getting protection, it's a lot to ask of a defense to do it week in and week out, considering this is much better leaps and bounds from what we've seen at UCLA defense so far in previous years. Now, if they can do this consistently, the big one against Wazoo, then the eyes are opened, and this is legitimately a top three defense in the Pac-12. They're not there yet. They've got to pass another few tests for them to be proclaimed that. Improvement, absolutely. The ability, it's looking like it's there consistency, you've got to prove that throughout the whole season to become a team that can go on a run to even make it to the Pac-12 championship game. Forget the college football playoff. Forget that. You've just got to get to the Pac-12 championship game, and then you can even talk about that because there is no CFP this year with the four-team playoff until you get to the Pac-12 championship game, the last one in its current format. Do they do it? I don't have high hopes that they can do it. I believe that it's a possibility, and I believe they can win in every game. There's certainly a chance for UCLA to win. There's no games that are unwinnable in my mind. There are games that they most likely will not win on this schedule, but there's certainly still a chance to make it to the Pac-12 game, the title game. The likelihood of that happening is lower than we would like to admit, but it's still there, and they've got to go do it on the field and learn from the mistakes against Utah and turn this into a team that can compete in 2023 for a conference championship heading into Big Ten play. That's where we're going to wrap things up. Enough of hypotheticals, enough of everything. Get them back on the field. We're going to talk Washington State football, UCLA football, Cam Moore, Dante Moore, and a quarterback battle in week five for both teams, or I should say week six, for both teams' fifth game of the season. Can the Bruins get back on track? That's what we're going to talk about the next episode of Locked On UCLA. If you're an everydayer, go listen and watch the rest of the bye week content. If you have some UCLA basketball things you want me to talk about, hit that in the comments and tell me what you want to listen to. In the meantime, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, 
We did it, guys. We got through the bye week. Now we get some football for the rest of the season from October through November and what we believe to be some entertaining bowl game for UCLA this year and then basketball season. So Bruins fans, hands up, eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U, C, L, A, UCLA, fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.